The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the first chapter. As soon as Jesus and the disciples left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Y la suegra de Simón estaba acostado con fiebre, y enseguida le hablaron de ella. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. Cuando llegó la noche, Luego que el sol se puso, le trajeron todos los que tenían enfermedades y a los endemoniados. And the whole city was gathered around the door. Y sanó a muchos que estaban enfermos de diversas enfermedades y echó fuera muchos demonios y no dejaba hablar a los demonios. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. Y le buscó Simón y los que con él estaban. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. Él les dijo, Vamos a los lugares vecinos, para que predique también allí. Porque para esto he venido. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, o Christ. You may be seated. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Today's Gospel picks up immediately where we left off last week, where the, with the disciples and Jesus leaving the synagogue in Galilee and traveling to the house of Simon and Andrew. And here we witness another healing. In the synagogue, Jesus had ordered the unclean spirit out of a man. And here he meets Simon Peter's mother-in-law, who has been in bed with a fever. To our hearing today, it may sound dramatic to say that the woman was at the brink of death. But 2,000 years ago, there were no antibiotics and no medicines available to bring down fever. There was really no understanding of what caused illness. So we can appreciate how worrisome her illness was with an unknown cause and no way to bring relief. We can imagine the joy her family and friends experienced when they saw Jesus take her by the hand, lift her up, and the fever left her. And we can understand the gratitude she felt at being restored to wholeness. The healings show us how God is with us in our suffering. And they demonstrate the power of God 
to set things right. But there is more to this story than the physical healing that takes place. When she is healed, the woman begins to serve those around her. The word here is the same word that we hear earlier in this chapter when Jesus is in the wilderness and Mark says the angels waited on him. Although there are traditions that use this story to put women in their place, diaconeo is the beginning of the diaconate, the ministry of service to which we ordain men and women as deacons today. Her healing allowed this woman, who, like so many women in Scripture, is unnamed, apart from her relationship to her son-in-law, to fully be herself, to use her gifts to the glory of God, in service to God. It happens that her gifts were those of welcome and hospitality in caring for the needs of her guests. But she just as easily could have been like Lydia, who financially supported the disciples' ministry in Acts 16, or like the prophet Anna, who worshiped at the temple in Jerusalem with fasting and prayer night and day, and whom we hear about when Jesus is presented at the temple as a boy in Luke 2. If you have ever been at the brink, at your wit's end, at the edge of despair or uncertainty, you share this woman's story. It is the story of God breaking into our lives to call us to being fully who God created us to be. These epiphany stories remind us again and again that all things are under God's authority and we can be confident that God is with us in the messiness of our lives and the world that we live in. And we can be just as certain that God has created us and calls us to be witnesses to the love and grace shown us in Christ Jesus in this place. I shared this woman's story when I had been working in nonprofit fundraising for almost 10 years, I was working with a founding executive director who wanted me to follow in his footsteps. And I went to a workshop and we talked about the stories that were most important to us. And as I was there, I realized that as much as I appreciated the important work that we were doing, it was not the most important story to me. And it was not the story that I wanted to spend the next 25 years telling. And that realization sent me into a tailspin. I didn't know what to do next. But I began talking with my husband, Jamie, and with my pastor, 
And later that year, after many more conversations, I entered the candidacy process in the North Carolina Senate to become an ordained pastor. It was one step toward becoming the person God created me to be. Growing up, we often think that our progression through life is a straight line, right? Childhood, adolescence, young adulthood, adulthood, primary school, middle school, high school, college, or maybe not. I think we have enough experience in this room to know that far more often life resembles a roller coaster with more than one loop-de-loop -loop along the way. And when we are hanging on for dear life, faith helps us know that we are not alone. And the journey is not in vain. God is there with us, helping us become fully who God created us to be. And when we catch our breath or regain our balance, we can ask. Who is God calling me to be? And what is God calling me to do? And we can listen for God's answers. Faith gives us the freedom to respond to God with our whole selves and to serve with the gifts we've been given. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks for your love and grace shown us through Jesus all through this epiphany season. Thank you for saving us and healing us that we may be your witnesses in the world. Help us respond to your presence in our lives and fully become the people that you have created us to be so that others may know you. We pray in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.